Jim Tankersley, the White House correspondent with a focus on economic policy for the New York Times. Author also, a couple of years back, of The Riches of This Land, The Untold True Story of America's Middle Class, which I haven't read but sounds really interesting. Jim, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You definitely should read the book. It's good. Oh, yeah. You know what? By God, I'm going to read it twice just to make up for not having read it up till now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, our question is, what the hell? That's our question about the economy. The, uh, The various numbers do not match up with history. What the hell? Welcome to my world. This is when yeah. I, uh, I I wake up every day and confront this question. It's a weird time, right? I mean, it, in, in, in some ways, that makes a lot of sense. We, we've just been through an incredibly weird time as a country. We're still in it um, with the pandemic and the pandemic recession and then the, the recovery out of it. And I think the easiest way to put it is we're just seeing some things we haven't seen in a long time in the economy because we're still working the kinks out. You know, um, like you guys were mentioning, people... Uh, have not walked back to their jobs as fast, I think, as as some uh, economists thought. We have a lot of um, help wanted ads out there still. Um, And people are still buying stuff at a really uh, fast clip that just they can't get their hands on. So it's pushed a a lot of prices up. And then, you know, you had an oil shock from a a war uh, uh, halfway around the world on top of that. And it's a recipe for just um, a weird time, for sure. And so if indeed it is confirmed that we are in a technical recession or something like that, what's your reaction to that news? I mean, I, I think, um, first off, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, for example, the Fed chair, Jay Powell, yesterday uh, said we're probably not in what will eventually be considered a recession, um, because particularly because job growth is still so strong. But it's, that, that doesn't mean it's not a very concerning time in the economy or that we, we you know, we could be in recession uh, any day now. Um, it, it is. It's a really concerning time in the economy. And I, I think high inflation is the big reason why uh, people's real incomes. Uh, so their buying power are going down for the most part. And that's um, everybody feels that everybody feels that that that. You know, food is harder to get. Gasoline is harder to get than it was a year ago for, for the money that you have. And um, and the worry would be that that feeds through to everything, that employers stop hiring and start laying people off. And then and then you're in a really bad shape. But um, what the Fed is trying to do and, and now what the Congress may be trying to do a little bit is to to push back against inflation, try to relieve pressure on prices and and see if they can get the economy kind of back toward something that looks like normal. Well, so whether or not the uh, you know the geniuses decide we're in a recession or not, I saw some polling that sixty five percent of Americans f- think we're in a recession. So you know that's a, that's a pretty big deal politically or in terms of spending habits. Although you just mentioned people are still buying stuff like crazy. Um, the coverage of economics has always bothered me because people like to get excited about various things. But wouldn't wouldn't it be fair to say? So yesterday, you have the Fed raise interest rates to try to slow down the economy because that's what inflation is. It's too hot. we got to slow it down. We find out today we're either in a recession or close to it because the economy slowed down. That was the whole point. I mean, so isn't that just good news, more or less? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, if the goal I was to slow down the economy and the next day you find out the economy slowing down, that just seems like a win. <laughs> 
Right. And I think that I think, you know, Chairman Powell was asked about this yesterday. I mean, I think the Fed is well aware of the ways the economy has been slowing and they, they feel, you know, they've been raising interest rates. They're trying to slow it down, but they, they don't see as much of the slowing as they want to see yet, not necessarily in terms of growth, but in terms of the job market. But what they want is to is to get um, sort of less pressure on prices by reducing sort of the demand out there that people have for things. And they think they're they're being successful, but they're going to keep pushing really hard because they they want financial markets and, and people um, to believe that the Fed is going to reduce inflation. So so that we don't get in this spiral where people expect prices to be higher. And so they demand higher wages. And that just feeds, you know, becomes self self-defeating, basically. Um, so but to back up to what you just said, because I think it's really important, I, I, I think that everybody feels like the economy is in a not great place right now. It's not just the 65% or whatever the various polls show slightly different numbers, but it's like a majority of Americans think we're in recession. It's consumer confidence is, is in the tank. Um, people have very low approval ratings of the, the president of the economy right now. People just feel like it's lousy. And that's despite the fact that the unemployment rate is, is 3.6% and, and we're still creating hundreds of thousands of jobs a month. So, um, I think that what the Fed is trying to do is attack the thing that is making people feel most lousy, which is inflation. And it's not worrying so much about these economic growth numbers we've seen so far, um, uh, especially because unemployment's so low. Jim Tankersley of the New York Times is on the line. Oops, excuse me, Jim. I'm just getting over COVID. Perhaps you've heard about it. It's a disease that allegedly <laughs> came from Chinese bats. Anyway, um, uh, into all of this uh, difficult-to-comprehend economic mix comes yet another uh, factor in this new plan that the, uh, the, the Senate seems to be ready to pass, uh, a, a giant new spending proposal dealing with climate, energy, non-related stuff, all sorts of stuff. What's your reaction to that? I know you're part of the team writing about the, the brand-new uh, deal. Uh, I, boy, I, I have been covering uh, this deal for what feels like half of my adult life now uh, <laughs> as, as it goes through various iterations in the Senate. You know, it, was, it started off as a proposal from the president that the Democrats then put into budget language and then it, it rose and fell and rose and fell. And at this point, I'm, you know, I, I'll believe that it's actually real when it, it, the president has signed it into law. However, what they announced yesterday is definitely a, a, a much bigger deal um, for the Democratic agenda than what it appeared they had on the table just a few days ago. Um, the big components are a prescription drug pr- price reductions for, for Medicare, which is something that they were probably going to do anyway. Um, but then um, a whole bunch of energy spending and tax credits, actually it's mostly tax cuts, um, meant to transition the country to like lower emission sources of energy, both both for cars and and for electricity, and then some tax increases on corporations, basically that that offset that and and pay down the federal budget deficit. Um, all and I've been talking all morning to economists, as one does, uh, about what it might do uh, for inflation. And the general consensus is mm, maybe it has a little bit of a, a, a of a of a positive effect, in, 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 but which I mean, um, bringing down prices, uh, uh, especially over the medium term. Wait, wait, but, wait a second. You know, I just want to make sure I understand this. The bill that is named an anti-inflation bill, you talk to a bunch of economists and they said maybe it has a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. I mean, there's, 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 right. no, you know, economists, most economists are pretty, uh, pretty nuanced folks, as you guys have been noting yeah. <laughs> throughout this conversation. Um, right. And so they, they have some forecasts, but yeah, nobody I've talked to has said this is going to dramatically cut 
inflation. And I don't think there's any way you could expect that that would be the case. It's, okay. just, it's just not enough money. But it's but um, there, there are a lot of economists who think um, that on the margins it will be helpful and that in particular areas like like um, drug costs for uh, for seniors who are on Medicare, uh, it could be you know, especially impactful, but it's uh, for something called the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, it is not uh, a massive attack on inflation. Um, and, you know, no matter what anybody does, uh, politically says about it, it's sort of the economic consensus. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm glad you uh, brought that up. That's that's interesting news. Jim Tank- Tankersley of The New York Times. Jim, I'd forgotten you're from beautiful McMinnville, Oregon. I love the Willamette Valley. What a beautiful part of the country. Uh, it is. It's great. It's uh, it is it is beautiful and and spectacular and uh, and I miss it all the time. Nice folks and uh, some fine Pinot Noir for sipping. Jim, always great to talk to you. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great. So thank you. Yeah, that was good. And he's he's really good. Love um, Jim. Yeah. He used to be with the Post. Now he's with the with the Times, and that's a New York Times economic reporter saying he talked to a bunch of different economists. I'm sure that he respects, or he wouldn't be calling them. About the big, giant, anti-inflationary bill. Bull crap! <laughs> well, you can call it that. You can call it the giving pandas better erections bill if you want. It's spending a ton of money on Jeez. a bunch of stuff. It seems like that'd be a weird, misleading name. <laughs> I don't think there's a dollar in there for panda erections. Well, if there were, yeah, but- they could name it that. That's my point. The name is arbitrary political bull duty. But if the New York Times economics guy talks to his friends and they say, yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> I mean, could be on. around the edges. I don't know. <laughs> if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.